Deuteronomy 15. At the end of every seven years, you must cancel debts. This is how it is to be done. Every creditor shall cancel the loan he has made to his fellow Israelite. He shall not require payment from his fellow Israelite or brother because the Lord's time for cancelling debts has been proclaimed. You may require payment from a foreigner, but you must cancel any debt your brother owes you. However, there should be no poor among you, for in the land the Lord your God is giving you to possess as your inheritance, he will richly bless you. If only you fully obey the Lord your God and are careful to follow all these commands I am giving you today. For the Lord your God will bless you as he has promised, and you will lend to many nations but will borrow from none. You will rule over many nations, but none will rule over you. If there is a poor man among your brothers in any of the towns of the land that the Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted or, hard or tight-fisted toward your poor brother. Rather, be open-handed and freely lend him whatever he needs. Be careful not to harbour this wicked thought. The seventh year, the year for cancelling debts, is near, so that you do not show ill will toward your needy brother and give him nothing. He may then appeal to the Lord against you, and you will be found guilty of sin. Give generously to him, and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. There will always be poor people in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed toward your brothers and toward the poor and needy in your land. If a fellow Hebrew, a man or a woman, sells himself to you and serves you six years, in the seventh year you must let him go free. And when you release him, do not send him away empty-handed. Supply him liberally from your flock your threshing floor and your winepress. Give to him as the Lord your God has blessed you. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you. That is why I give you this command today. Now reading from Luke chapter 4. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogues and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue as was his custom and he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to release the oppressed, to proclaim the, law, the year of the Lord's favour. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him and he began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Hi everyone. Um, it's New Year's Eve. How about that, hey? It's time for us to, uh, to think about um, God and... Uh, uh, what God has done for us in the year that's uh, just about to end and pray for the year that's just about to start. But at the beginning of a sermon, it's a good time to start to pray as well. So let's just bow in prayer. Father, we want to thank you for uh, tonight's chance to get together, to uh, worship you together. 
uh, to sing your praises and to hear from your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit who changes our minds and changes our hearts, particularly as we, uh, as we uh, stop, reflect, um, press the pause button on life and um, think about um, you and us and uh, the year ahead. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So a, uh, <clears throat> a new year means a fresh start, doesn't it? And uh, that's one of the things I really love about New Year's. It's that whole idea of the fresh start. It's uh, always been a big thing for me, except for one year. Except for one year when I was, um, uh, I was uh, in high school. I was, uh, it was the, uh, the beginning of year nine, I think it was. And it was the first German class for the year. I remember it so well because the, uh, the German teacher, uh, <clears throat> before the class began, she, uh, she gave a little speech to us. And uh, she said, it was an all-boys school, and she says, boys, I want you to know that all of your bad behaviour last year, uh, all of your cheating in tests, all of the practical jokes that you played against me, um, I've forgotten them all. And she says, I've, I've forgiven you everything that you did last year, uh, every boy has a clean, a, 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 a clean slate, a fresh start. I've forgotten all of those things that you did last year. And uh, now, look, I'd like to invite you to um, just walk around the classroom and um, pick, a, pick a desk, any desk that you'd like, um, the desk of your choice, and, and that can be your desk for the rest of the year. Scott, you'll be sitting right here in front of me. <laughs> so much for my fresh start although actually I can't blame her but that's that's another story but um, uh, a fresh start um, well a fresh new year often does mean a fresh start doesn't it uh, there's a lot of things that change uh, during this um, period of time it's a time to move up a grade in school uh, for some people it's maybe a time to start a new job um, there are people who, who move into Port Macquarie at the beginning of the year for a, a fresh start in life. There's, there's also people who move out of Port Macquarie at the beginning of the year because they're heading off to study in Sydney or Newcastle or whatever. Um, because our year, and in fact our lives, do revolve around cycles, don't they? And, uh, and a yearly cycle is a big part of that. And when a, a year finishes, it's time to take a break. It's time to catch our breath and to start again fresh in the new year. A new class, a new job, a new town, and it's a chance to, uh, to do things a bit differently as well. It's great to have a fresh start. Uh, in fact, the, the idea of, of new years and fresh starts, it's actually very biblical when you think about it. You know, in our, in our culture, we tend to celebrate things in, uh, you know, years and achievements in, in groups of ten, don't we? Um, <clears throat> for example, um, cricket. You've been watching the cricket? Uh, well, you know, in cricket, of course, if a, if a batsman um, gets 99 runs and then is bowled out, what do we think about that? That's a real disappointment, isn't it? <laughs> That's a real disappointment, but if he or she uh, scored one more run, 
oh, well, they're a hero, aren't they? You know, that's, that's a tonne, that's a century, that's, you know, um, and set off the fireworks. That's a fantastic achievement um, because 100 is, for us, uh, we're very decimal in our thinking, uh, 100 is the, um, the number for completion, isn't it? It's 10 times 10 equals 100. But the big number in the Bible is the number 49. That's weird, isn't it? 49, it's 7 times 7. Uh, because the number 7 uh, represented something significant. The number 7 represented a time for rest and a new beginning, a fresh start. Think about it. Um, God created the world in how many days? Six days. And on the seventh day, he? He rested. He rested on the seventh day. And, and that, that's why we have weeks, isn't it? A fresh start every seven days. Um, but in the Old Testament, a fresh start took place not only every seven days, but also every seven years. Um, now, um, if you were to have your dream fresh start for um, 2024, uh, for something to be done for you that would be really, really helpful, what might it be? You know, I reckon when you think about it, just use your imagination, that uh, there'd be a lot of people, <clears throat> a lot of people in Australia, for whom a fantastic thing for the, free, for the new year would to be free of debt. Free of debt. 2023 has been tough, hasn't it? Um, as interest rates have, uh, have risen and people, money you have to pay for a house these days, it's a small percentage increase in interest rate, is a whopping bid, um, extra amount of money that you've got to pay. And so, off your mortgage. So imagine, imagine how you would feel if you owed, say, half a million and half a million plus uh, on your house mortgage and someone said to you, well, for the new year, I'm going to just um, pay your mortgage off for you. It'd be pretty fantastic, wouldn't it? It's in your, in your, in your dreams, in your dreams. But to think about in your dreams, even something even more imaginable, how about, how about if your bank wrote you a letter and said, look, just as a matter of grace, we've decided to cancel your debt. Talk about in your dreams. But you know what? In the Old Testament, that's pretty much kind of what happened. Um, I wonder if you would um, turn with me uh, in your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 15. That's the passage that um, Renee um, read for us. And maybe someone can flip up on this. Oh, no, you don't flip it on the screen. That'll muck up my, um, my plans. Um, but in Deuteronomy chapter 15... Uh, let me read to you verses 1 and 2. Uh, it says, At the end of every seven years, you must cancel debts. Um, this is how it should be done. Every creditor shall cancel the loan he has made to his fellow Israelite or brother because the Lord's time for cancelling debts has been proclaimed. I mean, wow, wow. After every seven years, all debts written off. All debts written off. Uh, what do you think would happen if we introduced that system here in Australia? <laughs> yeah. 
<coughs> maybe so, but I also reckon that the whole banking sector would collapse and, uh, <coughs> and uh, the stock market would crash and our superannuation would be worth nothing. Uh, I think, but not in Israel, not in Israel, not in the way that things were set up in Israel. And in verses 4 and 5, Moses gave three really terrific reasons for cancelling debts every seven years. Um, the first reason he gave was to alleviate poverty. Now, <clears throat> when, the, um, when the Israelites uh, first... Um, they left Egypt and they then settled in the land, in the promised land. They were all starting from scratch. You know, there was no... They'd been, they were like refugees coming out of Egypt. There was no rich, there was no poor. But over time, through the ups and downs of life, through the challenges and through the difficulties of life, some, some people borrowed money. And that can start a, a spiral of debt and, and poverty. So every seven years, debt's cancelled. A fresh start. Which is great for the borrower, but what about for the lender? I mean, <laughs> who'd want to who'd want to um, lend money out, especially if it was the sixth year? <laughs> who'd who'd want to make a loan? Well, that's the second thing that Moses talks about because Moses reminds the lenders where their wealth actually came from. And their wealth, that's really, it's a gift from God. That's where it came from. And so in verse 5, if they did this, they, they would be honouring God and they would be blessed by God. Now, from a commercial point of view, it seems like a crazy thing to do, but think about it. When someone cancelled the debt which was owed to them after seven years, uh, in obedience to God's commands... What are they saying by doing that? They're saying, well, I actually trust that God's ways are best. I trust that God knows what he's doing. I trust that if I obey him, that he will sort it out, that it's the right thing to do, it's the best thing to do. And I guess when you think about it, um, uh, this, is, this is an issue for uh, Christians today. Um, because, you know, when I hear a Christian saying, well, look, if I don't work seven days a week, uh, I'm going to go broke. Um, my, bankrupt, my, 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 um, my business is going to go bankrupt. I, I must work. I cannot have a day off. And so, sorry, I won't be coming, coming to church either. Uh, what we need to do is we need to learn to trust in God's provision, to trust and to obey. And in the case of uh, Old Testament Israel, this meant every seven years, debts were cancelled. It's pretty good, isn't it? But um, there's something else which happened every seven years. I'm going to read to you from verses 12 through to 14. Um, if a fellow Hebrew, a man or a woman, sells himself to you and serves you six years, in the seventh year you must let him go free. And when you release him, do not send him away empty-handed, Supply him li liberally from your flock, your threshing floor and your wine press, that's meat, that's grain and that's drink, and give to him as the Lord your God has blessed you. Now, um, sometimes in uh, ancient Israel when someone um, borrowed money, uh, they, <clears throat> they paid it back by 
by becoming like a, a bonded servant to the lender. Uh, it's not the same as a slave, but it's, you know, you get the idea. Or a bonded servant. Well, on the seventh year, you let your servants go. You let them go. You grant them, you grant them their freedom. And why would you do that? Well, in verse 15, Moses says, Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you. Um, God did that for you. And that's why I give you this command today. Now, that's a pretty good fresh start, don't you reckon? Um, even, even better than someone paying off your mortgage. But there's more, because after every 49 years, that's seven times seven years, there was a whole year of celebration in the 50th year. Now, <clears throat> when we say that a particular year is a jubilee, um, what do we mean by that? What, what does the word jubilee mean? Any, any ideas, any thoughts on that? 50, 50 years, yeah, yep, yep. It's actually a year of celebration, isn't it? It's, um, it's when, we, um, uh, when there's a particular milestone that you've reached. And uh, in our culture, it doesn't have to be the 50th year. Anyone had a 25th wedding anniversary here? I have, I have. Well, apparently that was a jubilee um, celebration. Let me show you where the word jubilee comes from. And um, I'm going to uh, flip this up on the, um, the screen there. It's from another passage in the Old Testament. It's Leviticus chapter 25. And uh, I'll just read to you from verses 8 through to 10, where it says, Count off seven Sabbaths of years, seven times seven years, so that seven Sabbaths of years amount to a period of 49 years, then have the trumpets sounded everywhere on the tenth day of the seventh month. On the day of atonement, sound the trumpet throughout the land, consecrate the fiftieth year and proclaim liberty throughout the land. It shall be a jubilee for you. This is where the word jubilee comes from. and um, Apparently the word jubilee means the horn of a ram. And they used to blow these horns of the rams like trumpets. They'd blast the horn of the, of the ram um, to herald the start of the 50th year. We'll be doing that with fireworks later on tonight, won't we? <clears throat> but um, you, you blow the trumpets, you blow the, the horn of the ram, and that's the beginning of the 50th year. And in the Jubilee year, um, Moses goes on in that, uh, in that chapter to say that all of the land which has been sold from one person to another person since the last jubilee is actually to be returned to the original owner. And what that means over time um, is that uh, it means that all the land actually goes back to the tribe uh, to whom God allocated that land when uh, Israel settled Canaan. So it's like pressing the reset button for Israel. It's like pressing the reset button on life. Debts cancelled. Servants set free. Land returned. It was truly a fresh start. 
But how is this a fresh start for us, for you and me? Well, <clears throat> uh, did you notice in that passage what day the trumpets would be blasted? What was the day that they were to be blasted? What's it called? It's called the day of, anyone can see it? The day of atonement. Um, now, let me talk about that for a moment. Have you ever heard of someone being referred to as a scapegoat? Yeah, what does that mean? If someone's a scapegoat, what, what are they? What's, it, yeah, that's right. It's a, it, an innocent person is actually taking the blame um, so that the guilty person uh, gets, uh, gets off scot-free, <clears throat> um, gets off the hook um, uh, in that sense. That's what a scapegoat means. And this is where the idea comes from, from this passage. Uh, on the Day of Atonement, the high priest would, um, would sacrifice some animals at an altar and then he would take an anim another animal, a goat, a live goat, and he would lay his hands on the goat to symbolically transfer onto the goat the guilt of the sins of all of the people and then he would um, let the goat go free. The, the goat would actually run away uh, into the desert. The goat would run away from the people and taking the sins of the people uh, away with it. Um, it's the scapegoat. It's the scapegoat. So what's it saying? It's saying that when a sacrifice is made and the sins of the people are placed on the scapegoat, you sound the, the trumpets, you blast the horns because the year of jubilee has commenced. Debts cancelled, servants free, land returned and sins <clears throat> offloaded onto the scapegoat. It's worth celebrating, don't you reckon? That's a fresh start for everyone. So what about us? Um, what would a fresh start mean for you and me? Now, earlier on, Renee read to us that um, passage from Luke's Gospel. So I'll flip that up on the screen there. Uh, from Luke chapter 4. And in, in context here, uh, Jesus, uh, it was the Sabbath day, and Jesus was in the synagogue. And what they used to do back then was that if a visiting preacher turned up, they might say, well, hey, would you like to um, preach for us today? And uh, Jesus turned up at this synagogue and uh, they, they gave him the invite. And so Jesus came up and he was allowed to read a passage from Scripture and then preach a sermon on it. Wouldn't it be great to be in church that day, eh? And what did Jesus do? Well, he, uh, they rolled out the scroll and he read from Isaiah chapter 61 where he said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach Good news to the, to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to release the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. The year of the Lord's favour. Um, that was the reading. And then the, um, the big point of his sermon was uh, in the first eight verses, uh, first eight words rather, where he simply says, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Wow, 
Jesus was, that was like blasting the trumpets because Jesus was declaring that the year of the Lord's favour, the jubilee, is fulfilled in him. Now, um, what sort of debts do you have outstanding at the moment? Um, a mortgage? A car, car loan repayments, perhaps? Hex debt? Anyone still got a hex sec? You might have paid all of those things off. Or um, <clears throat> the you know, good news, young folks, is that these things could be your future <laughs> as well. Um, but, you know, there is a debt which we all have, and that is the debt we owe to God for our sin. And in that regard, we all need a fresh start, don't we? We all need a fresh start. You know, I can't blame my German teacher for specifically excluding me from the uh, fresh start for everybody else because I was not reformed, folks. <laughs> and uh, I was the class clown. I was the class disruptor. And she knew that. She was a very wise. Uh, Scott, you will sit right here in front of me. But, you know, um, God's fresh start is offered to every one of us, isn't it? And it's the fresh start, it's the, it's the jubilee that is made possible in Jesus, who on the cross became our scapegoat. As all of our sins were, were laid on him, and when we trust in his death that he has paid the guilt of our sin, when we trust that, you know what God does? God does the unthinkable. <laughs> God does something which is, which is astonishing. God does something which, was, which is less believable than the banks cancelling your debt. He cancels the debt which we owe to him. And he, he sets us free from our bondage to, to sin and, and to judgment. And he gives us our heavenly land, our heavenly inheritance that's what he does if you put your trust in Jesus. Have you put your trust in Jesus? You know, um, <clears throat> fresh start, a new year. Maybe time to think about doing that. You know, there are some people <clears throat> in our church for whom the year 2023 has been a year of jubilation. There are people in our church who have, uh, who have found... Um, forgiveness and peace with God and hope for the future in Jesus, our scapegoat. And then there are many of us who've been living, living in jubilation for a lot longer than that. And, you know, as, as other things in life start afresh, it's good for us to, um, to think about the fresh start which we have in Jesus. And to consider how our lives in 2024 might be better shaped by the fact that we have had the debt of our sin cleared, that we have been released from slavery to sin and judgment, that we have a heavenly hope, a great future ahead of us. It's time for us to think about those things and to consider how what we might want to change um, 
uh, so that 2020, in 2024, our lives can be better shaped by the jubilation that we have in Jesus. And that's what we're going to be doing <clears throat> in a few moments' time. As Benjamin mentioned, we're going to uh, spend some time in small groups, um, chatting, um, thinking, chatting and praying as well for those things. But why don't I just lead us in a brief time of prayer now as we thank God for the fresh start we have in Jesus. Our Heavenly Father, um, it is amazing to think of what you've done for us and the great cost that you paid for us in giving us a scapegoat, um, one who would take the blame so that we can be uh, set free, so that we can be forgiven. Thank you for Jesus. <clears throat> Thank you for the fresh start we have in him. And tonight, uh, as we um, continue to reflect on these things, help us to uh, consider what that will mean for us in 2024, um, that we would be those who live in the year of Jubilee. And we thank and praise you in Jesus' precious name. Amen.